I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, Hawkeye Nation, we got out of a game that started like 2020 started. Had no idea which way direction it was going, and we found out what we're made of. And fortunately, we got out of it. It took a while. It took a long while to really figure out what was going on in that game. You know, if I had hair, I would have torn it out. Thankfully, I don't, and thankfully, uh, everybody found out eventually what they were doing and came together. Um, you have to hand it to to Spencer Petrus, who finally, he finally found his touch. For all you out there, and myself included, towards this, this latter part, I heard you. You know, it was a guy that was struggling. He was really trying to get his stuff together. You know, you knew he was going to be the guy. You knew he was going to be the one that Kirk was going to stick with. There are obviously reasons that he is the guy. His teammates love him. Uh, you know, he he continually goes to work. He doesn't uh, pout on the sidelines. He doesn't make excuses. He's just a guy that that gets to work and finally found his touch. He found, he he looked very comfortable, um, somewhat into the uh, the second uh, quarter, like the latter part of the second quarter, really into the uh, uh, the second half of the ball game, all the way throughout. He finally looked comfortable. He, he, was, he was stepping through, making passes, having some touch passes, some touchdown touch passes that looked beautiful. Really happy for him, excited to see him go. Um, anybody out there that, that said, oh, I, I knew he was, he was finally going to do it. Well, there might be a few of you out there, but I, I heard a lot of you chirping thinking that maybe he wasn't going to get it done. So I, I'm really excited for him. Uh, it, it goes to show that uh, anything can happen this year, and hopefully it's trending in the right direction. Now, for Spencer to go and pull off something against Wisconsin, that would go a long ways to you know solidifying um, all Hawkeyes around him. I know there's still some questions, you know, can he, uh, you know, do this in a multiple game stretch? Can he, you know, finally settle down and, and get this done? I think he can. I think he can. I think he's going to to show some good things. Really, I think it almost forced us to, to throw a little bit more in this game because we couldn't get the running game going early. It's not to say that we didn't end up well in the running game. Uh, Goodson almost eclipsed the 100-yard mark. He, uh, he struggled early a little bit. Um, so did Sargent. But by and large, we, we got to where we needed to do running the ball, but what scared me was, you know, Illinois was kind of doing whatever they wanted in the first the first, uh, the first, first quarter especially. I mean, those guys were ripping off points at ease, which when we got down 14 nothing, that was uh, a, a huge area of concern. I thought we, we were capable of coming back, but without our offense gelling like it usually does, at least in the running game, our, our passing game has not been a real strong point. Now, one thing that has been a strong point all year, regardless – has been the the passing game to our tight ends. We once again showed, you know, with with uh, Bayer and uh, uh, Laporta, those two guys. Man, I, I don't know what it is about Iowa. We just always seem to find the right kind of person, the right guys, in the tight end position, who grab that lunch pail and go to work. They're big. They're physical. They know how to block. And when you get the ball around them, good things happen. Both those guys have great hands. Laporta, dude, dude, just beautiful. 
those hands could have played uh, alongside Garza with, with the uh, the amount of uh, uh, soft hands grabbing that ball and, and really looking it in and, and then bulldozing over. Loved it. But we need to use utilize those guys a lot more. I, I liked uh, a lot of the two uh, tight end sets that we've been running. You know, that's kind of shades of old Hayden Fry. It's fun to see that. That doesn't do it a whole lot, but when they're in there, we, we make a presence. And then what about this wildcat? <laughs> I mean, what, what do we have? Three or four series in a row where we're running the wildcat? I mean, that's a record, and I loved seeing that from Brian Ferentz. He's like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to make, uh, make them stop us. Just make them stop us, get after them, and just run it down their throat. And we finally did. We, we were running it well at the end of the game, doing, you know, our, our best impression of, of uh, you know, everybody else's wildcat because we don't do it. That's something that we just don't do. Really fun to see. Uh, I had uh, posted, I think it was uh, Goodson's sister, she had posted on Twitter uh, an old clip of uh, Tyler throwing the ball back in, uh, I guess it was his high school um, all-star game. That was that was pretty. If you haven't seen it, go check out Twitter. You can see uh, that he's capable of throwing the ball as well. So if they do run that uh, that Wildcat set, not to give anything up to Wisconsin, but you know you might be seeing that come this coming Saturday. I think that'd be fun. Kind of a, a payback for the uh, fake punt back in. Oh gosh, how long has that been now? Well, you you all know what I'm talking about. It was at Kinnick. It was the fake punt. It was kind of the. Uh, the pinnacle of of where they started to beat us consistently. It's been a, it's been a while back, but they had that fake punt that really destroyed us, really ripped our hearts out. Ugh, never forget that. But this team has ripped off one, two, three, four, and now five wins in a row, regardless of of the quarterback play. You know, initially going into those games, starting with Michigan State all the way to Illinois. This team has confidence. They rally around each other. The, the, the players love Petrus. I think he's going to be okay. Uh, there's still going to be a battle, you know, this next game and then into the offseason. But he's got a lot of support. And, I'm, you know, what I was saying last week was we all needed to rally around him because regardless of what, you know, was going to be said or done, this is a guy that was going to be playing. And if he's going to be playing, we want him to do as, as well as he can. I hope that he was able to, uh, you know, strut a little bit this morning. He should be proud of himself, and I know he's going to get right back to work, though. You know, it's a quick 24-hour turnaround to where you have to shrug off the good or the bad and go to work for the next game. So, number 16, Wisconsin comes into Kinnick at 2.30. Should be a fun game. Who knows? You know, it's kind of hard to to tell what this Wisconsin team is going to be like. I have no idea. Uh, They've kind of been sullened because of the amount of games that they've had to just give up due to COVID. Now, they kind of screwed themselves early this year when they decided not to play against Nebraska, which it was a choice. It actually should have been a forfeit. That shouldn't have been just a a canceled game. It should have been a forfeit because they didn't meet the threshold to where it would be just a regular canceled game. It should have been a forfeit. They chose not to play Nebraska. Not on Nebraska's side by any means, but that screwed Nebraska as well. And it ended up screwing Wisconsin because then when they needed to play Minnesota, Minnesota wasn't able to, and, you know, there you go. They didn't have enough games now to even get themselves into a championship. And they're looking at three, what, three losses on the season now? Hopefully a fourth coming up against Iowa. Well, I guess they have, okay, they don't, they, yeah, they have, they have two losses right now. They got Indiana that they just lost to on December 5th and Northwestern. I apologize. They're going to have a third. We'll put it that way. Unfortunately for Iowa, on the other end, um, you know, seeing as if if, uh, Northwestern does not play this weekend's game, it it really doesn't even matter because of the heads up. They're, They're weighting losses more heavily than they are wins. So, of course, you know, they have two losses. Um, Really don't see them getting a third. I know they play Illinois. It could be. It could be. If Illinois comes out and plays like they played against Iowa, you know, the first quarter and a half against Illinois, I could see them, you know, potentially, uh, you know, falling to Illinois. But who knows? Pat Fitzgerald has 
has his team pretty well prepared. Uh, you know, they did get beat by a somewhat questionable Michigan State team, but I imagine they'll be back. Looks like the Big Ten is trying to change some of the requirements to make the Big Ten championship game, which would be nice if they relook at uh, the West division as well to see if maybe something couldn't be changed because, you know, Iowa should be rewarded a little bit for playing a full schedule, for doing the right things. Now, the you know, the counter-argument is, well, how do you penalize a team for, you know, simply just not being able to comply due to COVID? Yeah, I get it. I get it. But I think, it's, I think that should be talked about, too. It's pretty remarkable that Iowa was able to have discipline and, well, a little bit of luck, too. We're able to get through an entire season. There's only three teams in the Big Ten that can claim that, potentially. We'll see, you know, if everybody gets to play this Saturday, especially Iowa. We're the only one in the West that will play a full slate of games. I'm just glad we're able to play some football. That's been That's been exciting. And especially since we've been able to find ways to win when I had no idea if we were going to beat this Illinois team. <laughs> I mean, I had about the most Jekyll and Hyde day I've ever had. I went into the game thinking, yeah, we'll, we'll do all right. We're going to probably have a little bit of a handful, but we'll be able to get it done to complete, you know, a little bit of dismay after 14 nothing. But you know what? Iowa finds a way. That defense finds a way. Davion Nixon, Golston, Van Valkenburg, Jack Kerner. These guys are playing tremendous defense. Then you got on the offensive side, you've got Tyler Linderbaum. Now, it was really concerning at the beginning of the game. I don't know if they were throwing some stunts or or what, but the offensive line looked like hot fire trash at the beginning. For whatever reason, Spencer was getting a lot of pressure. He got sacked twice, you know, within I think it was the first quarter. Way too much pressure for him. They made the adjustments though. They got it done. Um you know, Tyler Linderbaum is a freak. He's going to be playing on Sunday someday. Uh, Koi Krunk was back. Looks like he's he's mended up a little bit. Um, some good things finally ended up happening. They finally kind of coalesced and were able to save off that, uh, that penetrating rush. I mean, the whole reason why Illinois was rushing so much and blitzing like crazy was because they knew, well, they thought they knew that we couldn't throw the ball, which initially we weren't. Having that kind of pressure in there was exactly what I thought Iowa should be doing to Illinois to begin uh, you know, the game with. I didn't want to really respect their run. I mean, their uh, their pass, rather. Because they, they haven't been a real great passing team, and they've had three different quarterbacks, and you saw two of them this past Saturday because they have a different style of play for these two different quarterbacks. And it was three. So... As far as the defense had, they had a lot to adjust to. For whatever reason, though, this year has been really difficult to do a, a QB spy. Whoever's in there as QB usually has really good success running if they have the wheels. I don't know what that is, but we lose a lot of yards just from the QB run, the, 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 you know, the QB keeper. That has to get, you know, short up a little bit, but by and large, that's a small concern. We, we kept the ball in front of us for the most part, but... To that first, the first quarter into the second quarter, it was like they couldn't drop a ball or not catch a ball. These receivers are good, but I don't think they're any better than what Iowa's got. But for some reason, they were able to get into really close space where they had great coverage. We had great coverage on them and just able to, to pull down some freak balls. Some of the stuff I haven't seen Illinois do all year, but I mean, they were really able to, to pull those down. Pretty impressive, really. The, uh, the pregame stuff, I was watching game day, and they were saying that we just didn't have the horses to, uh, to really run with some of these other teams. And I'm thinking, I'm not even sure which one said it. It wasn't Herb Street, but <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, you, you obviously haven't been paying attention to Iowa. And they said some nice things about Iowa, you know, getting four in a row and getting the culture back and all that stuff. That's, that's great. But you obviously haven't been watching Iowa football because we have plenty of receivers. We probably have the deepest receiving core that we've ever had at Iowa. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset, really proud of him. He he was able to, you know, bounce back after he had a little off-field issue and put his head down and go to work. He uh, secured the ball. He tucked it away. He had really explosive speed. I love seeing that guy get around the outside when they do a little jet sweep. 
man, if they get the right blocking, he scoots. He scoots. He, he does a lot of what uh, uh, Goodson does, and he's probably even faster once he gets up into that space. So it's really fun to see him him progress and get some touchdowns. Um, it's been a good thing to see. He hasn't had as much production as he probably would have wanted to, but he's still contributing and doing a lot of good things for this Iowa football team. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, had a couple uh, award um, awards kind of given or uh, notices for awards. Uh, uh, Tori Taylor. Kid's a freak. If, if this is the kind of production that we get from Australia, that's going to be a pipeline for Iowa. Tory Taylor, Lord Taylor, as I call him, uh, is, is being nominated for the 2020 Ray Guy Award. I don't, know who, I don't know who else would be in competition with him. This guy kicks it on a dime. I mean, you look at the coffin corner, which has been largely abandoned by all of football. This guy does it better than, than almost anyone I've ever seen do it. The guy consistently gets it within the 20-yard line and puts it right in the corner to where there is no return and boxes them in. You talk about, you know, kicking as a uh, kind of a staple for Iowa, and sometimes it's used as a, as a derogative. It's not for Iowa, with our kicking game and the way that we've progressed it in the special teams, it's a huge weapon. It's like the most defensive weapon you could possibly have. You know, consistently 45, 55 yards on a punt. I mean, I, I, I'd have to look it up, and I probably should have before this, and I apologize. But, you know, this is kind of Reggie, Reggie Roby ter- territory. Reggie Roby was brilliant. If you're younger out there, you may not even, you know, realize who Reggie Roby is. But uh, fire up that YouTube and check out some old videos of Reggie Roby. The foot, the leg. The guy was unbelievable, incredible. Reggie had really huge hang time as well. But, but Tory Taylor, you know, he keeps on, on punting like this and getting work done. He is going to be playing at the next level. So really happy for him. And then uh, another uh, a finalist for an award uh, is Davion Nixon. You know, at the beginning of the year, he was challenged by his coach to, you know, be a good teammate, be a better teammate. And he took it to heart. He took it, you know, he took that really to heart. He wanted to be the best teammate he could be. He wanted to share the success and, and really prop others around him up. And he, it shows. It shows in every single play. This guy doesn't stop. He's got a motor. He gets it done every single game. Uh, he's been one of the 18th uh, semifinalists for the uh, Chuck, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Beninark Award. Presented to the nation's most outstanding defensive player. Right now, he, he's got to be... he got to be top five. The kind of penetration and just dominance that he imposes, and he does impose it, especially against, uh, you know, offenses in the Big Ten. Yeah. I think he's going to be on a very short list. It's, it's amazing in a year like this where we've had this much success, not in just individuals, but, but as a whole. At the beginning of the year, we had the two losses right off the bat. You know, a total of five points. You wish things would have turned out differently. We could have had those two games back. Who knows? You know, undefeated? Not out of the realm of possibility. You look at uh, Iowa State. Iowa State just clinched the for the first time ever. Not like talk about Iowa State a whole lot, but they just clinched uh, the Big 12 championship game for the first time ever. They have an opportunity to win it for the first time ever. And they lost against the Raging Cajuns. You know, I seem to recall in 2002 when we had Brad Banks, you know, new quarterback, first-timer, transfer, Juco transfer, knew hardly anything about him. You know, we, uh, we played that Iowa State game. That was our first loss. And we lost in a heart-wrenching way. But instead of crying about it, we went to work. The culture of Iowa 
went to work, and look at how that season turned out. Ended up being an Orange Bowl berth. Now, that year I wanted to go to the Rose Bowl, but I was pretty excited to go to the Orange Bowl. Consequently, if we would have won that Iowa State game, who knows, we would have won the rest of the games afterwards, but if we would have, we would have been in a national championship hunt. So the margins for error are very, very thin, but you look at a team like Iowa, Iowa State, who can trip and stumble at times, you don't simply just pack it in, you learn from it, and you move on. I mean, that's why Kirk Ferentz says that next game mentality. He really does wipe it off. I, you know, I, I think that some games may sting a little more than others, but you can either, you know, get back on the horse and ride or get trampled. Iowa's just not a team that's going to sit and try to get trampled. We're not going to allow that to happen. And I'm glad we didn't lose that kind of culture, and we didn't know how this team was going to react to all the stuff earlier this year, but I think, I think it's pretty solidified now. We know that they're a much closer team than maybe anybody knew, and I think that'll continue to grow. They certainly, this team certainly hasn't uh, turned their back on Petrus like maybe some of the fans have. You know, I had my doubts. I never turned my back on, on Spencer. I always thought he could do it. It's just he wasn't showing it. So my, my mild criticism of him, I think, was warranted. And I think as a man, he knows that. But he also deserves the credit, too. He ended up having a, a pretty dang successful day. I mean, he was 18 for 28, 220 yards with three touchdowns. If you said that he was going to have that at the beginning of the game, no. Not the way he started. Not the way he started at all. His, uh, his QBR score, I think, I think that's his highest QBR score that he's had all year. I'm going to check here real quick. But he had a QBR of 65.3. Much, much, much improved. Brandon Peters wasn't much better, but he was a little better. He was at 69.6, but he was 10 for 18. He didn't throw the ball as many times. Didn't have as much average, and he only had two touchdowns, which were the only two touchdowns at the beginning of the game. The last touchdown for Illinois was kind of garbage. I'm not going to – it counts, but obviously I'm not going to consider that. That was by Isaiah Williams anyways, that last touchdown which was a pretty pass. Shouldn't have happened. But Iowa still maintains their 25 points and under. Like 25 games in a row now? 26? Something like that? Number one in the nation? Nobody, no, the second place team has like less than, I don't even know if they had a third as many streaks in a row as we do. Phil Parker <laughs> He's on a different, <laughs> the, the class of play for defense and how he's able to continually perform at such a high level with, and this is not a disparaging remark, with the, with the recruiting that we have, he makes men, you know, little boys into men, and he is able to completely shape the mentality of that defense. If you're on a Phil Parker defense, you're going to work. And every single play is a learning opportunity, and, you know, he teaches them so well. And I, I think a lot of the, the, the players help and assist and teach each other. There's, there's, it was a little bit of a uh, kind of disconnect at the beginning of the year, I thought, with the defense a little bit. They struggled a little bit more than I would have liked. Offense didn't really help them out. But they cleaned it all up, and they did so pretty fast. They took that challenge on, and we're sitting where we are today. One of the best teams in the Big Ten. I think right now we're playing better ball than just about anybody. Now, if you would have asked me the first uh, you know, couple quarters <laughs> of the Illinois game, I might have had a different answer at that particular time. But now that the dust has settled, yes, it, it's true. We still find a way. We still have been playing better football overall and consistently than just about anybody. Maybe outside of Ohio State. But they haven't been playing many people lately. So, which, like I was saying before, the Big Ten is looking to change that because if somehow Michigan decides to not play Ohio State, 
the previous threshold was you had to play at least six games and go to your conference championship, well, I don't know. They, they wouldn't be able to make that that threshold, potentially. Which, I mean, I don't know anybody saying, honestly, that they don't think that Ohio State is the best team in the league. I mean, they clearly are. Now, have they played a lot of great competition in the Big Ten this year? No, not really. Have they had a little bit of weeble-wobble with, uh, I think it was Indiana? Yeah. But they got athletes. They got horses. They, they have the personnel. They just do. They're talented. They're deep. They need some competition. I wish it was, was playing Iowa. I think that would be a fun game. I think Iowa would be prepared for that. But it doesn't look like we're going to get the opportunity. It's going to be Pat Fitzgerald and, and Northwestern. Which, by the way, I'm a Bears fan, for better or for worse, usually for worse. I need to fire everybody in the Bears organization, but that's another story. Uh, it looks like the Bears are heavily looking at Pat Fitzgerald, which, by all means, please take Pat away. Please take him to the NFL. That doesn't help the Big Ten. And, you know, largely, he's been great for the Big Ten. He has. Pat Fitzgerald has been really, really good for the Big Ten. And as much as I am annoyed by him because he has the ability to beat Iowa somewhat consistently, um, he's been he's been a joy to watch build that program, which was really garbage. I mean, they were they were kind of in the the depths of Illinois, Indiana, just never going anywhere. But you look at the two teams who have really come a long ways. I mean, Indiana, they're building a cultural th- culture there, and so is Northwestern. They've built it. I mean, they've been to more, they've been to two, uh, potentially, if it's this year, two Big Ten championship games, and Iowa's been to one in this past decade. So you got to, you know, much as I don't want to, you got to tip your hat to him. He's, he's done a heck of a job, and if he ends up going to the Bears, which I think he will if he gets the opportunity, I don't know really, you know, how much more he can accomplish at Northwestern. I mean, the ceiling for Northwestern, um, I, I think he's probably met it. I don't know what else he'd want to accomplish. Maybe winning, obviously, a Big Ten championship. But that's not going to happen. Not against the competition that he's he's got. It's possible. Obviously, every game, it's possible. But, you know, barring some COVID-related thing happening to Ohio State, if they're able to go into the game, I don't see how you know, Northwestern gets over that hurdle. So I think I think it's plausible that you could see Pat Fitzgerald leaving to go to the NFL. Then who replaces him, I have no idea, but I don't really care at that point. But as far as, as Iowa's concerned, Iowa has consistently beaten Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa State. Wish we would have played Iowa State this year. You know, the one team that we have not been able to get consistently beaten is Wisconsin. They're the team that actually keeps us from getting to that next level. They've actually done what we need to do, and they've been doing it consistently. I don't even think they're that much better than Iowa. I just think that they they just find a way. They get it done. You know, those those one or two, three games a year where it's, you know, kind of on the edge throughout the entire game, they take it and secure the victory at the end of the game, whereas we're, you know, looking to try to win it. They just do it. And they've done it to us consistently to where it's it's just been not fun. That game, that Wisconsin game, is always a dread. It's going to be a dread this Saturday, um, mainly because, I mean, it, it, they're the one antithesis in the Iowa Hawkeye season that keeps us from, from, from greatness. This season hasn't been great, but it's been really, really, really good from the standpoint that I think that next year, you know, we're going to lose some personnel, but if, if the year of 2020 had to be in this particular way, look at what we've been able to accomplish given that. So hopefully we're, we're building something for next year. Hopefully we can start that by winning this Wisconsin game. 
getting over that hump and then really taking it to the Big Ten next year. We're going to have hopefully a Spencer Petrus who is confident, ready to go, and ready to play some non-conference games to get him really gelling. He's going to have a healthy competition during the offseason, which is going to be fun to see. Not to see a quarterback change, but just see him compete to make him better. So, with our offensive line, largely, uh, you know, uh, we should have uh, Linderbaum back. We're going to lose some personnel there, some on defense. But I think it's going to be an interesting season for next year as well. Which I'm not even going to be thinking about that. I'm thinking mainly about this Wisconsin game and how we're going to need to really get after it. I don't think Wisconsin has the, the quarterback play that they uh, had came, you know, come into the season with. And I think in large part now, they're, they're more or less, I mean, playing just to, to get the season over with now. There's not a whole lot on the plate for them. But they would like to beat Iowa. They enjoy that. And that's something we need to stop. We got we got to get that going. We got to get we got to get that uh, off of our uh, off our back. Get that monkey off our back and and, and change that that culture this year. Twenty twenty one could be a very special year, and I think that having that uh, quarterback position embraced, hopefully after the Wisconsin game on this Saturday, that could push us to new heights. But Spencer could really solidify his, his place and where he's at by making that a statement kind of game. Go in there, fearless, and get it done. Play smart, but fearless. Oh, where else? Um, speaking of that, too, though, I mentioned the Brad Banks back in 2002. It was an interesting thing that, that Rob Howe uh, pulled up. Uh, during Kirk Ferentz's 22 years of coaching Iowa football, four uh, starting quarterbacks have enjoyed winning streaks of five games or more during a season coming into uh, this past Saturday. That's Brad Banks, Drew Tate, Ricky Stanzi, C.J. Beathard, and now Spencer Petras. That's pretty good. And he started his season off starting with Big Ten play. We're not, we're not talking like any patsies where it's almost a guaranteed win. Now, he had to earn every single win that he's gotten so far. Even if he did play somewhat poorly, he did what he needed to do to get the job done. That's something to be said for. So, you know, regardless, that's, uh, that's a pretty impressive stat. I think it's worth mentioning, too, in the receiving core... I mean, you've got a really good job of, of getting the ball dispersed to multiple personnel, and I've been saying that pretty much all year. Brandon Smith got five receptions for 58. Sam Laporta, four for 57. Sean Byer, for, uh, two for uh, 37. And Amir Smith-Marset, four for 32. Of those touchdowns, Laporta, Byer, and Marset. That's impressive. I, I like how he's been dispersing the ball. He doesn't really train on one person or the other. He's had a lot of production from Laporta. Uh, I'd like to see Bayer uh, get more. But those two guys are really good short route runners and able to get the ball and turn it upfield. Love that. Looking ahead to Wisconsin... And seeing, you know, some of their playmakers, Graham Mertz is their their quarterback. He was 20 for 34 for 202 yards. Uh, had a pretty decent QBR. He was 68.7. So you know they're going to be throwing a lot. But for all that throwing, which they did disperse it to quite a different uh, people, no touchdowns. I mean, they had six points this past Saturday against Indiana. Indiana didn't light anything on fire. They only got 14 points. But they had enough defense to not allow a touchdown. That's that's pretty remarkable right in and of itself. Um, rushing, not terribly impressive. I mean, the top rusher was, was Jalen Berger, 15 for 87. His longest was 20, so he you know was able to get one breakaway. Uh, and Graham Mertz, you know, he was third with 18 yards for his long. So we got to do some quarterback containment, which we've had some issues with. But by and large, they haven't done a whole lot on offense themselves. 
especially now since the beginning of the season. And I don't really suspect they're going to be doing a whole lot of, you know, different things. And this is going to be the best defense that they've seen probably all year. And I, I believe that. So, given those things, I think we have a fair chance to win. It's just where are we going to be getting our points? Are we going to be running it? We're going to be throwing it? I hope we do a combination of both. I think we can really get them off balance. But if it's just rushing, it's going to be difficult. They have a decent defense. And if we struggle with our running game early, we have to be able to pass that ball. When I, and I think that, you know, maybe he's, uh, Petrus is ready to step up and, and make that happen. It felt like it, the really the second half of the entire game, I had confidence that he could do it. I don't think I heard anybody saying, hey, don't pass the ball. No. We had success. He found that touch, and I think he's off to the races now. Hopefully. Wisconsin's going to be a big test, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this, especially if it turns out the way I think it can. I think it's going to be good. I don't know where Wisconsin's mindset's going to be either. Like I said, you know they don't really have much to play for, so hopefully we can catch them off that guard too and, and really turn it into something. Rounding out football, I think that um, it was really fun to watch Charlie Jones again do his running. That guy is electric every time he grabs it, just giving him a shout-out because, you know, he, he's not on scholarship yet, but I think you're going to see that he is going to get that scholarship next year, and I can't wait for that. He is so much fun to watch every time he grabs the ball. He, he turned one play that typically wouldn't get any yards. It wasn't very much, but on his first return – you know, it was it was remarkable that he was able to get out of what he was in. And then the next the very next return that he had just jetted up the sideline and, and, and almost broke it. So really fun to watch. I'm really hoping that he uh, gets an opportunity against this Wisconsin team and runs it up the sideline for uh, a touchdown to the house. So be watching him. Fun dude to watch. Moving on to basketball. You have the stud of, again, Luca Garza. If we turn it into a drinking game, we'd all be drunks because his name is going to be synonymous with the NCAA. It's, it's Luca Garza Watch Week. Every single, well, should be, should be Luca Garza Watch Day, not even week. You don't have to wait a week to see if he does anything. All you have to do is, hey, when's he playing? How many times this week is he playing? Man. Every single time he steps out there, he has been through three games. Through three games, he's got records that we haven't seen since Shaquille O'Neal for as many points as he's scoring since Steph Curry. All right? That's some pretty elite company. Now, I'm not comparing him, you know, to those players, but he should be, especially for where he was at. You know, Luca Garza didn't come back to Iowa to prove that he could score. We knew he could score. He was the leader last year, so we know that he's capable, you know, what he's capable of doing. However, he's done more this year than I ever would have expected already. You know, when he came back to Iowa, he was coming back to Iowa to prove his defense, to show everybody how much he can improve his defense for the NBA. His defense has gotten better. It really has. But his offense, man, it's got even better than it was last year. The dude's on fire. They're feeding him the ball. Uh, they just asked Roy Williams about uh, Iowa and kind of the competition and whatnot. And he, he said, I don't freaking care who they've played. I don't care who Iowa's played. They're freaking good. And he's right. They are good. The, the amount of production, he had more points in the first half than the entire other team. That <laughs> one guy had more points than the entire other team. That's stupid. That's stupid awesome. But no, every every single week, you know, I don't even think his 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 teammates care. Yeah, they're getting overshadowed, but anybody is getting overshadowed by this guy. And we have a lot of good players on our team. Joe Wieskamp, Tassant, Bohannon, McCaffrey, both of them, but Pat, the Murray twins. My goodness. Nunji. That dude, Nunji, right? That dude is going to be a stud. Fran said that he, his motor and his ability, his, his grade out ability, is, is almost on par with Garza. And having to play that guy in practice and, and be around him. 
how much better does that make you as a player, having to guard him or go up against him, just being on his team? He's making everybody around him better. And one thing that I noticed when, when Garza's in, they do rely on him a lot, which is kind of the game plan. They feed him the ball. He puts himself into positions where he can score, and he cleans up the rim. Now, an interesting thing that I, I, I did notice, though, is when he is out, I actually do see a little bit better ball movement. And that's, that's fun to see because they are a very good passing team. And they're really controlled. And I kind of like it when they're able to slow the game down. They speed the game up quite a bit when Garza's in. And that's because they can find the outlet and they can get him to score quickly. Sometimes I'd like to slow it down a little bit. But by no means do I ever want Garza out of the game. I mean, this dude, this dude could score 50 points in a game. Probably more, but doesn't have to. But he could. I think the Iowa record is, what, 49-50? points in a single game he could break it if Fran would let him he doesn't need he doesn't need to prove that I know he could now the argument was um, from you know other people chirping well Iowa hasn't really played anybody okay you're right but we're gonna play somebody uh, coming up here on the 14th North Carolina yeah that's gonna be a fun game you're gonna see some some head turning right there it's funny when you have a team like North Carolina, the kind of pedigree, the blue blood North Carolina, when they know exactly who Iowa is. We're not sneaking up on anybody this year. Our name might be Iowa, but we might as well be a blue blood, you know, this year because the respect is there and they're going to be, you know, bringing it to us. And I think, you know, Garza and, and the rest of the team, Bohannon, I can definitely see it in Bohannon. His attitude, I love his attitude. That kid gets fired up. He's not, he's not afraid of anybody, and he'll take anybody on. And he, he lets them hear it. And I think that's the way this team is, too. I don't think that Luca Garza came back because, uh, uh, you know, he'd be scared of anybody or not willing to take it to him. He came back to win a championship. And these guys are going for it. You know, if, if, if Baylor would have played Gonzaga, probably would have been, you know, propelled up to second place right now. As it is, you know, we're standing in third, and that's fine. That's fine. We're going to get our opportunity here real quick. But if we win our slate of games, we, if we beat um, Iowa State and North Carolina, <laughs> you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to propel us to, to new heights that we have not seen before. We could be sitting at a number one spot here very, very shortly. And that's something I... I've, I've just never seen, especially this early in the year. I mean, when I, back in the 80s, yes, okay, fine. But I wasn't able to appreciate it. Most of you probably weren't able to, well, I shouldn't say most. There's a lot of you out there that remember that very finely. But for the younger generation, I mean, just haven't seen that kind of level of, you know, play. It is... It's fun to see playing at the highest level of NCAA basketball. Competing with the Blue Bloods, going after them, calling them out, calling their name. You know, we're the best, uh, we're the best team uh, in the Big Ten right now. Illinois uh, kind of squandered an opportunity to uh, stay up top, kind of wishing they wouldn't have been beaten yet. I wanted them to uh, have their first loss to Iowa. I wouldn't have minded them even being ranked ahead of us you know, all the year until we met them. It doesn't bother me. Rankings really don't matter, but they kind of feel a little bit more important this year because of who we are and who we know we are. I don't think that we ever needed to fly under the radar with this team, and we never were going to. When you have the player of the year coming back, they know who we are, and they know what we got. We have a bunch of guys who are really good. We got a bunch of shooters. We got a much improved defense. We'll see. The test is going to be really against uh, some of the competition coming up. But I've liked what I've seen. Some of the games start off a little slow. But they heat up real quick. And the point scoring is just, you know, out of this world. Scoring more points than what we're even used to, you know, in a good season, in a good game. And I think I said that was the 14th. It's actually the, the 12th. So, 
my, or the 8th, my apology. The 8th, 12-8, 6.30 p.m. Against North Carolina, number 16 versus number 3. And then we have Iowa State after that, NIU, then Gonzaga. A lot of good basketball play. And then after Gonzaga, we, we enter the Big Ten season, which, you know, I'm, I'm excited about those, those non-conference games. Those are going to be fun. But when you know your competition and you've had a lot of familiarity with them, Purdue, Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, right off the bat, those are the teams who know you intimately. A little bit uh, easier, I guess, in a degree to um, prepare for you because they know your kind of style of ball as well as do you know theirs. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to do in Big Ten play. I don't have any delusions that they could go undefeated. I, I don't. I don't know that they will. I think they can. They really could if, if you know everybody's healthy and we continue to do what we know we can and we play good defense. I don't know of a team that really could stop us other than maybe Illinois in Big Ten play. But the Big Ten is a very difficult place to play. But like we've said before, with this season the way it is. Having to play on the road is not going to be as big of a challenge as maybe it was in years past, or years past, as, as of last year. This is 2020, baby. There's not anybody in the stands. And there probably won't be. I mean, not till the foreseeable future. So given that fact, there's no real home advantage. I, I think that it's, it's an open court. I have no idea how this is going to play out. And I also have no idea if we're going to make every single game because of COVID. Maybe if you drop. I'm hoping that Iowa can survive just like our you know, counterpart in football. We'll, we'll see. It's, it's, it's a long road, but I think it's a road that can be traversed. Hopefully the vaccine that's coming will alleviate some of this and, and get people uh, back in the stands even potentially. I, I don't know that that would happen. Right now they seem pretty uh, staunch on not allowing that, which is fine, whatever. I just want to play all these games. I want to make sure all these games are played. Because we have a real opportunity, and it would be a shame for these guys not to get that opportunity to play. I would hate for that to happen because I think they have the strongest team by far right now. At least from their production, what they've been doing on the court. Going to be fun. Uh, we have a lot of teams in the Big uh, Ten ranked. It's you know, as Steve had mentioned in a, a podcast I did with him a few weeks ago, that it's probably, people don't realize this, but it's probably the deepest Big Ten, you know, slate of games that we've had in a very, like maybe, it could be ever, we have a lot of, of talented basketball teams in the Big Ten this year. I think we have more in the top 25 than any other program, any other Power Five. Pretty impressive. Sad we couldn't get two Illinois games in there. Still don't know how the heck that happened. Pressure's going to be on from here on out, but I think they're going to embrace it, and I think we all should. We should all embrace it and have fun with it because you only get uh, one of these, you know, maybe two in your lifetime. I hope it's a lot more, and I think this will build Iowa basketball friends and a great job recruiting, so we'll see where it goes. But definitely embrace it. Embrace the target. It's going to be there all year long, and basketball's going to be fun. March is going to be fun. Just to kind of wrap it up, uh, you know, this uh, past Saturday would have been around the time where we were at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium getting ready for Michigan State. Brought back a lot of memories because I was there. A lot of you were probably there. We drank the entire city of Indianapolis out of good beer, bad beer, any beer. It was all gone because we drank it. But it was a fun time. Other than the, how the game ended... That was probably the most fun I've had in a long time um, for a meaningful game, a very, very meaningful game. Didn't come out the way we wanted it to. Could have. I think it was the longest drive in the history of drives that ended up beating us. But so many great things during that game happened. Uh, the comeback, the, the strong will to win. And then we ended up going to the Rose Bowl, and, well, we got defeated by one guy. But... We don't need to talk about that. That's California. But it was a great it was a great season, and it brought back a lot of the memories of seeing uh, Jess Settles in the stands. He actually consoled a friend of mine. <laughs> we were just sitting there dumbfoundingly after the game was over, 
in disbelief that we had actually lost because it didn't seem like it was possible for Iowa to lose, not that year. But we just sat there, and Jess comes over, and <laughs> we just kind of like, hey, that's Jess Settles. Okay. He's like, yeah, I can't believe it, man. Us either. We'll get back there. I was hoping it was going to be this year to get back to uh, the Big Ten championship game, but you, you definitely feel like it's it's possible, and we're going to get there. Just got to keep that faith, keep that Hawkeye faith, know that these guys can do it. We learned a lot of things about this team and about this program. Some things that we knew were there, but some things we wanted to make sure would stay there. And I think, I think that's going to happen. Kirk Ferentz is our coach. He's going to continue to be our coach as long as he wants to be our coach. Going forward from there, I don't know. I mean, his contract goes into 2025. Um, I'm thinking he fulfills that. Hopefully he stays. He's still, I think he's still got a lot of football left in him and, and a lot of things to teach. And Brian continually impresses me. I think uh, if you weren't impressed by his play calling in Illinois, uh, I don't know what more you could ask for. He did a, a heck of a job, especially that second half, you know, play calling that, that complete game. He completed it out. So really excited to see where he goes forward. He has gotten better each year that he has been here and look forward to seeing him in the future. Hopefully after the victory this Saturday, we will find out who we're going to be playing in that crossover game. Um, we should be announcing that pretty pretty quickly. I think the Big Ten will be getting that out to everybody. Uh, if you know, Ohio State's not able to play that game, who knows? Maybe we end up playing them. I've heard um, you know, that we might play them. Don't know that I really want to play Ohio State, but I don't think this team would shy away from anybody. So it's a possibility. But you should be uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we'll be having more things throughout the week. Uh, Going to dive into more of the Wisconsin matchup and get some stats out there for you guys and really kind of see what the game plan is. Um, hopefully we'll have Steve on. I, I'm sorry uh, he uh, wasn't able to this past week, but uh, maybe get him back on and pick his brain on some of his thoughts and, and see what the rest of the league is doing as he keeps a pretty watchful eye on that. But until then... Tune in to Hawkeye Nation. You have all of your reporting and great articles uh, from great writers and uh, anything you can think of. Um, basketball, don't forget the basketball game. Uh, again, that's on the 8th. I'm sorry, I, I, I messed that up. Uh, it is on the 8th. Do not miss that, 6.30. And until then, go Hawks.